Welcome to Current Radio's Politics Station. Please enjoy today's selection of political news. Abby, let's delve into the findings of this new study from the Institute for Public Policy Research, or IPPR. It's suggesting that the next election could be the most unequal in 60 years. What do you make of this? Well, Michael, it's a concerning picture. The study found that the gap in voter turnout based on age, income, class, home ownership, and ethnicity is widening. In fact, there's an 18 percentage point gap between the top earners who are more likely to vote and the bottom set. And it's not just about income, right? There's a 23 point gap between homeowners and renters and a 15 point gap between graduates and non-graduates. It's a multi-dimensional issue. Exactly, Michael. And one of the key points from the study is this idea that the people who are more likely to vote are also more likely to have their needs met by government policy. This is a significant issue for the health of our democracy. Right, Abby. Dr. Parth Patel, a senior research fellow at the IPPR, made a compelling point. He said, policy is more responsive to preferences of the well-heeled than of the worse off. And people know this, but it seems to be a blind spot for most politicians. Yes. And he also mentioned the need to rewire our democratic machine. If we want people to feel secure and have a sense of influence in the collective decision-making process, we need to address these disparities. Absolutely. And let's not forget about the role of political parties in this. The study found that party memberships, political donors, and even career politicians are often concentrated among those who are wealthier and more educated. And it's not just about the voters, but the elected officials too. The number of MPs from working class jobs has fallen significantly. Only 7% of MPs can be considered working class compared to 34% of working age adults. That's a huge disconnect. Indeed, Abby. And the IPPR warns of a doom loop where policy becomes less and less responsive to citizens, fueling populism, and further undermining faith in democracy. So what's the solution? The IPPR recommends a new wave of constitutional reform to spread power and influence. But that's a tough sell in the UK, given the difficulty of getting changes through the House of Commons and Lords. That's true, but other countries have managed to drive up turnout with measures like compulsory voting, automatic voter registration, weekend voting, and mobile polling stations. Perhaps the UK could learn from these methods. Well, Michael, it's clear that something needs to change. As Keir Starmer, the Labour leader, said a year ago, politics is broken and the economy is broken and we need to fix both parts. While we grapple with the state of our democracy and the need for electoral reforms, let's shift our focus to the current political climate in the UK. The Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, is facing a challenging situation with his Rwanda plan and the internal dynamics of the Conservative Party are adding to the complexity of these issues. Let's delve into the details. So, Abby, it seems like Rishi Sunak, the UK's Prime Minister, is having a tough time with his Rwanda plan, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely, Michael. With a crucial Commons vote looming, Sunak is facing a significant rebellion within his own party. This bill, which aims to arrange deportations to Rwanda, has been described as not fit for purpose by a group of Tory lawyers. Indeed, and it's not just a handful of rebels. Some MPs are reportedly planning an advent calendar of sh** for Sunak, and even contemplating bringing back Boris Johnson for a leadership bid with Nigel Farage. It's a tumultuous time for the Conservative Party, to say the least. 
certainly looks that way. But let's not forget the other side of this. Rishi Sunak's allies are arguing that the COVID inquiry has already decided his eat-out-to-help-out scheme was harmful. They claim that Sunak will be absolutely slaughtered for his failure to hand over WhatsApp messages to the probe. Right. And amidst all this, there's a call from celebrities and high-profile figures, including BBC presenter Gary Linker, for a new asylum system that reflects the will of the British people. They are urging the government to scrap the Rwanda asylum scheme. It's a complex situation with many moving parts. It certainly is. And let's not forget Defense Secretary Grant Shapps's response. He's insisting that Sunak's leadership isn't in chaos and that the prime minister is succeeding in meeting key economic pledges. He's dismissing the rose over Rwanda as part of normal parliamentary politics, which is a fascinating perspective. There's also the pasta plotters, a small group of anti-Sunak MPs who met at an Italian restaurant to strategize against the Tory leader. It's clear that Sunak is facing opposition from within his own party. And then there's the question of the new Rwanda plan. Could it trigger an election, Abby? Well, it's certainly a possibility. Sunak has introduced legislation and staged an emergency press conference in a bid to salvage his government's Rwanda policy and reassert his authority. But the Supreme Court ruled the policy was unlawful, concluding there was a real risk that genuine refugees sent to Rwanda could face ill treatment. So it's a precarious situation, to say the least. And then there's the criticism from Gary Linker and... Yes, Shapps' response to that was quite interesting. He suggested Lineker should stick to TV and questioned whether he should continue expressing political views. It's clear that this issue is causing quite a stir. Definitely. And with the warring Tory factions set to hold a summit over the Rwanda bill before the vote, it's going to be a tense week for Sunak. The outcome of this could have major implications for his leadership. Yes, it's certainly a situation we'll be keeping a close eye on. It's a critical moment for Sunak and the Conservative Party as a whole. From the political turbulence in the UK, let's shift our focus to South America now. Our next story comes from Argentina, where the economic landscape is about to undergo some potentially drastic changes. Let's turn our attention to Argentina, where newly inaugurated President Javier Malay is warning the nation to brace for some economic shock therapy. Abby, what are your thoughts on this? Well, Michael... It's a bold move, that's for sure. Mele is looking to turn around decades of economic stagnation, and he's not sugarcoating the fact that it's going to be painful. Indeed, he's planning some radical measures. We're talking about spending cuts equivalent to 5% of the economy and potentially replacing the Argentinian peso with the U.S. dollar. That's a big change, absolutely. But let's not forget Argentina is grappling with an annual inflation rate of over 140% and a 40% poverty rate. The country is in crisis, and Millet is arguing that drastic measures are needed. Yes, and he's not just talking about it. He's acting. He's already announced on social media that he's slashing the number of ministries by half from 18 to 9. That's a clear signal of his intent to shrink the state. And it's interesting to note that while Millet is known for his hard-right libertarian views, he's also saying that the state will shoulder the burden of getting the country's finances in order. It's a bit of a paradox, don't you think? It is indeed. But Millet is a self-described anarcho-capitalist, so he's all about reducing the role of the state in the economy. 
However, he's also realistic about the fact that the state still has a key role to play in managing the crisis. Absolutely. It's going to be fascinating to see how this all plays out, especially given that Milley doesn't have a majority in the legislature. Right. He's going to have to negotiate with rivals to govern effectively. And there have been signs that he might be willing to soften some of his more radical positions. That's true, Michael. His cabinet includes mainstream conservatives, and there's been less talk recently about shutting the central bank and dollarization. It seems like he might be willing to compromise to get things done. That's going to be key. Argentina needs solutions, not ideological battles. The question is, can Millet deliver those solutions, and will the Argentinian people be willing to endure the short-term pain for long-term gain? Those are the big questions, Michael, and only time will tell. But one thing's for sure, the eyes of the world will be on Argentina as it navigates these uncharted economic waters. While Argentina grapples with its economic crisis, there's another pressing matter unfolding thousands of miles away in the U.S. Senate. The stakes are high as lawmakers face mounting pressure to address two critical issues, funding for Ukraine and changes to immigration policy. Let's delve into this complex issue. Our focus now turns to the Senate, where there's a rising pressure to strike a deal that would combine funding for Ukraine with changes to immigration policy. Abby, this seems like a major undertaking, doesn't it? Indeed, Michael. We're looking at a $110.5 billion emergency package. The stakes are high, with Ukraine's ongoing conflict with Russia and the escalating situation at the U.S. southern border. That's right. It's a race against time. The aid for Ukraine is running dry, and the number of illegal crossings at the U.S. southern border is reaching record highs. It's a complex issue with international relations and domestic policy intertwined and... Absolutely, Michael. And let's not forget the role of the White House in this. President Biden has brought Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky to the White House. It's a clear indication that the administration is taking this matter extremely seriously. True, Abby. The presence of President Zelensky certainly adds a layer of urgency to these negotiations. It's a crucial week, and it'll be interesting to see how these negotiations unfold. Agreed, Michael. This is a pivotal moment for both the U.S. and Ukraine. The outcome of these negotiations could have far-reaching implications for the future of both nations. It's a story we'll be watching closely. <laughs> 